I'm John. And I'm Keith. And this is Blumadiddle. Your somewhat reliable source of information. Information keys. Information. We got lots of information for you today. All right. For most things. For most things. Stuff like that. You know. <laughs> All right. We messed that up good, but that's, that's okay. It's about imperfection, man. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. We're not trying. I try to be perfect, Keith. You know how that's worked out for me? Not very exactly. well. Why we, we probably messed it up because we got a little too comfortable. We got too comfortable, Keith. We're Why very we comfortable. Because we're in a nice home that has a fan blowing, maybe a little air conditioning. Heck yeah. Keith, what about today? I think we're going to start a new series. You know, we've got the Versus series. Yeah. Now we're going to start an Ode series. O-D-E. Not the Ode to Billy not, Joe. Not O-W-E-D. Exactly. We don't owe nothing We don't owe nothing. Nothing is owed to anyone. But we're going to start an Ode, Keith. What are we going to Ode to tonight? Ode today? to the AC, man. But before we do that, Keith. Not alternating currents either. Not alternating current, but air conditioning. And we are going to stick. We're not going to so much do what you call the HVAC. We're not going to talk about heating. We're going to stick with just the just, ACK yeah. part of it. <laughs> yeah. Without the hoof. No hoof. <laughs> no hooves today. Sounds good, man. All right, Keith. So go to, uh, real quick, GoFundMe, search Flumadiddle or Widow's Link, and All continue right. to give to the widows. I'm going to do We've that. told you enough about that, about the grief support provided, the crews, the opportunities they have to connect in the midst of loss. So go give to the widows. Keith, you've already said it before, Keith. If if you don't like widows. What's wrong with you? Come on, man. I don't understand. You need to check your interiors. That's right. All right. All right, so what we got, Keith? Tell us about what you got to say about air conditioning. Well, I'll tell you what I got to say about air conditioning. Like you thought I was asking you, but then I told you this. Yeah. <laughs> Until last year, Keith. Go for it. Our outdoor unit, which people will learn what that outdoor unit, a lot of times you think that's it. That's only half of the unit, what sits it outside. Is. That's right. So, but that part is a and very... I, and I didn't study the technical side, but I do know that. I get, There you go. Exactly. We had done without that for quite some years because I didn't want to go into a bunch of debt to get it fixed. So we had made it through these hot, swampy Alabama summers by having window units in key locations. Yeah. And that worked more or less. It worked some. It worked some. It was sure better than not having it. But finally, That's last first summer, world problems, right? That very much so. <laughs> very much so. But finally, last summer, right. the perfect storm of my wife and my son came together and were like clear that, yeah, we got to get this fixed now. There's no longer any waiting to do this. It is a priority. So we got some yeah. air conditioning fixed. And the first day that I came home, Keith, and walked in this home and walked in my kitchen and I was not hit by sweltering heat and humidity. It was like a mirror. I dropped to the knees and praised the Lord upon high. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so there's my air conditioning story. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, when I got my back fixed and I wasn't crippled for the first time in four months, I praised God as a miracle. But I could see how air conditioning is a miracle from God as well. It is, man. It's we a miracle. Give God the credit for AC. It was a Christmas AC. miracle. It is. In July. Or August or September. So you mentioned how expensive it was, though. It shows you how important it is to us, right? Oh, very much so. We're willing willing to pay for it. Yeah. All right. So, man, when do you think air conditioning began, or at least like the attempt to stay cool? Let's say that. Not necessarily air conditioning, but. Okay. Well, see, that takes it back because if you're saying AC, I'd throw a number at you called 1902. Yeah. Which we'll work up to. We'll work up to that. But, but I didn't first study a lot about the cool, history right? of that. So I guess we've been trying to stay cool forever or warm, depending on the clime right. that we lived in. In order to have a need for the invention of air conditioning, you have to have people wanting to stay cool. Right. And so they've been doing that for, you know, centuries. Okay. Or even millennia. 
millennial. Keith, share about Hazen, that with Hazen, the people today. What's plural Diddlers? for millennial? Millennia, 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 millennium. Millennium for millennium. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, um, yeah, so the ancient Egyptians used courtyards to promote airflow. Are you kidding? The ancient Egyptians did everything before everybody. They did. They were pretty smart. They were real smart, There's man. some smart fellers in there. Smart fellas. And then in the Roman days, what is something the Romans did to keep cool, you know? Um, I had public baths. Yeah. They built go. aqueducts. So, so most people know about the aqueducts, right? Right. And so that was used as a type of indoor plumbing, which maybe uh, we may do an ode to. Do an ode to, man. Soon. Dude, if we didn't have AC and toilets, what would life be? I know, right? Jeez. So, um, but also, like you said, baths, right? You got this water that's flowing, so it's, it's staying. Baths. Baths. Okay. I just what do you think I said? I didn't hear the TH. Baths. Baths. Okay, got it. <laughs> That's so, the, that could be a word for the day, except it's not fancy enough, so we won't do it. Okay. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so that's a that's a non-word for the day. A non-word for the day. All right, so they had baths. <laughs> <laughs> and the water's constantly flowing in there, right? So okay. it's uh, aerated. But okay. they also, from these aqueducts, would actually uh, flow the water through channels in their walls. Oh, what about uh, that? Pretty man. smart, right? I, I tell you what, those Romans were something else. I say, uh, when they weren't subjugating and, and killing people, they were making serious inventions, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so they had inventions of war and comfort. There you go, man. <laughs> All right. So what about? Um, you know, I don't know if this would. We don't know exactly, but if it's simultaneously or after. But how about Native Americans? All right. What'd they do? What do you just stay cool? Um. I don't know, man. Caves, man. Oh, caves. Oh, there's lots gosh. of caves in the Appalachia. You are correct. There's lots of Appalachian Americans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shug was talking about that when he busted out about some Appalachian Americans. That Appalachian Americans. That's what the Irish turned into once they came over here. They turned into Appalachian Americans. Yeah. We love the Irish. Yeah. We're shouting them out today. All right. You got a green shirt on. I do. And uh, I've got a uh, Irish soccer jersey. That would be about four sizes too small that I might wear on a live video. So well, let's do it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so yeah, um, Fun, can I say something on the cave thing? Go for it. So man. up in Jackson County, it's like the most—I don't know—the highest number of caves, like one of the highest number in the nation. Yeah, there's hundreds of caves, and one of them is called Blowing Cave. It's in a little place called Fackler. Hmm. And do you know it used to be on the actual property? that some kind of in-laws, or ste- not in-laws, but step-family of mine owned. And do you know that that cave blows out of the opening, out of the mouth of that cave, blows a constant, steady 52-degree air all year long. Oh, that's awesome. So if it's really cold in the winter, yeah. it's warmer. And if it's hot in the summer, they would have cookouts and stuff up there. And you could literally dip your cup in the spring and get you a cup of water and stand in front of the cave, man. Right. Well, I didn't it's do awesome. a ton of research into caves, but like... Almost all caves have some kind of steady, cooler temperature, right? Right. And uh, the one I visited was like a steady 65 degrees. Right. And, yeah, that's uh, awesome, dude. And 65 can actually be a little chilly for some people, right? So, like, our tour guide, he was like, somehow or another, the Indians knew. and Or, I, I don't know, he may have said Native Americans. He may have said it properly. But he said, right. somehow or another, the Native Americans knew that they could build a fire in here and then not kill them with the smoke. And I was just like... 
man, that's just trial and error, dude. You know, they, just, they built one and it didn't kill them. So then they're like, oh, hey, we're good. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Man. So they built, they would build a fire in there and then you could up the temperature up so closer to like 72, a nice comfortable okay. 72. You know? I like it, man. But yeah, I mean, if I didn't have AC, I would live in a cave, I believe. Don't you think? <laughs> That'd be the way to you go. You would have to build subterranean, you know, as, as I've looked into like small houses, not tiny houses, but small houses. Yeah. And you see houses that are at least partially built underground. Right. Or into the side of a hill or earth. A lot of that has to do with steady temperature. Oh, smart. Maybe have a, have a window facing a certain direction with glass and like tile floor so it'll soak up heat if it needs to or... Yeah, I don't yeah. know. That so no, 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 that's a perfect. But it's all uh, about temperature. Yeah, equilibrium. That's a basically. perfect trans transition into what we're going into here because, I mean, we talked about the Romans, but like they when the uh, Middle Ages hit, you know, the Dark Ages, they didn't have no time to worry about being cool. You know, they're too busy getting bit by rats and fleas and, and dying, dying of the plague. from the plague and stuff like that, and all kind of wars, and it was just a terrible time to live through. That's why they call it the Dark Ages. You know. Right. And so there wasn't many attempts for AC during that time. Gotcha. Or even, you know, climate control. But once you get people settling over here, then some of what you're talking about comes into place. Houses built a certain way in order to promote climate control. Oh, yeah. I know what some of those are. Yeah. What? So what are some of them? I, didn't they call them like dog trot? That is one of them. Houses yeah, in the south house. where you yeah. see like two two sides of a house with an interior open hallway down the middle basically right that promoted airflow yeah but generally the direction of the prevailing wind so that air would be flowing yeah. through there they could open windows so what they're looking for is what's called a cross draft cross draft okay. yeah so if you open a window on one side of a structure and then open one at the exact same spot in another side right. of the structure you create a cross draft so that's what they're doing with that big long yes. hallway yes and so they created a cross draft in the hallway and then you can open the rooms on the side, and it'll catch some of that cross draft. I got you. So it's uh, just geniusly designed there to do that. You know, I've talked to some of the folks. We work in a particular field where we have the opportunity to connect with a lot of elderly folks and a lot of the more rural elderly folks that we connect with. You know, I hear them talking about when they were kids, you know, they either lived in a dog trot, they actually didn't have normal windows maybe they just had like slatted blind type things yeah maybe on really hot nights they would actually sleep out on the porch you're right well that, kinds of we're gonna like mention that. some of those too um there are other ways of or other designs of building houses that had to do with climate control um another one was the shotgun house which is the same principle of catching a cross draft but basically maybe that's what i was thinking of the shotgun now that you say well, it's just like basically built like that hall like it's just a really slender house. Oh, okay, I got and, you. Uh, oh, yeah. So then they can put the windows just down the side with uh, exactly on the on the other side. Yeah, on the, the other side. Thing. Okay, yeah. all right. And so uh, then you got a cross draft throughout the whole house, you know. Um, and then somebody come up with the. I guess is this pronounced cupola or cupola? A couple of cupola, cupola, cupola. Francis Ford cupola. I don't know. Actually, man. the ventilator cupola, at the top house kidding. is it cupola? Cupola. Cupola. Yeah. Okay, cupola. That's the way I'd say it. That, that could be a word for the day. So we have those now, right? In your attic, you have like a little vent right. to let heat out, right? Right. So somebody came out with the idea of that, to put like this ventilator at the top of the house to let heat out. And then if you have it designed with these cross breezes at the same time, you got cold air coming in, hot air coming out. All right, Keith, let me interject right there. All right. Once we dig into the more technical aspects of the AC system, we're going to talk a lot about that. 
It's all about heat exchange. Yeah. Hot in, cold out. Right. It's all about transferring heat. Yeah. Cooler air in, hotter air out, at least for the AC system. Right. So that's going to be a big thing. That's interesting that that's yeah. in that, and just from a mechanical sense, put yeah. the windows across, mm-hmm. take advantage of the cross draft or whatever. So somebody was smart enough to say, not just do we not just need a cross draft, we also need to get rid of this heat that's kind of sitting exactly. on top of our ceiling. That's you know? it. So it's pretty smart. Um, so they had some other things too. Like you think of, uh, well, one of them is called a sleeping porch. You ever heard of that? I have now. Okay, so it's like just this porch that you could sleep on and usually be close to a body of water and might have some netting around it or something like that to keep the bugs off of you. So you're basically sleeping like outside where it's a little bit cooler next to the body of water. Okay. So usually you found them uh, in places that were close to like lakes and stuff like that. Okay. All right, so wraparound porches, man. You ever thought about them being for climate control? No, I haven't. I thought about being on more like from a manner of being sociable. Yeah, I know, but like actually... um, one of the ideas of a wraparound porch is your windows can still be open even when it's raining. Okay. And uh, like also that. the lower level of your home, because right. of the wraparound porch, has like double shade protection. You have your wall, but then you have a porch that's shading your wall. You know, okay. Got so you. the sun's not beating down and hitting your the side of your house. So on the perimeter of your house where that wraparound porch is, you actually have a pretty cool area there. And you okay. can open the windows too. So it's actually like that. Yeah, functional. So a lot of people like, you know, the decorative aspect of wraparound porches, yeah. but they're actually functional as well. Awesome. That's good to know, Keith. So then you get into the late 1800s, though, and then this is where it gets good, right? So right. 1881 was a significant year. President Garfield. Garfield. Did, did you read about this? No. He was cooled by a device, and I didn't see a name for the device, but it's just this weird device that blew air over sheets that were doused in ice water. Okay. So what now we're that? we're getting into the principles of air conditioning, right? But there's something that needed to come along, which started coming around in the 1880, uh, late 1800s, which was electricity. Yeah, there we go. So now it's easier. We to, talked about that. So hey, please just go listen to our Edison versus Tesla. Yeah. So if you need uh, an update on the invention of electricity, especially AC, yeah, go go listen to that episode. We cover all that stuff. So anyway. You know, it is one thing to say we need wind blowing all the time, but if you don't want to have to design a house a certain way and you want to put it anywhere you want to, you need electricity to have some kind of fan blowing. Right. right. So once they were able to do that, then you can start like like what Garfield did there, having ice brought in to make ice water, dip, dipping your sheets in it, and then having this fan that blows over it, some kind of device that somebody made for them that did that. All right. So now we get into... 1902, John. 1902, Keith, and I think I know where we're going. Yeah. And interestingly enough, you may mention this, so I don't want to steal your thunder, so you go ahead. But You go for it. Well, I was going to say that if I know what you're going to be talking about, and I think I do, because it's a name that's still around these days. Yeah, sure is. Then do I you think know I've had one of these. This person was not trying to create an air conditioner. Right. And he was not trying to con- or he was not trying to cool the air. Right. He was actually dealing with another problem altogether, Keith. Something we deal with in the South a lot. Exactly, and that is humidity. There it is. It's August in the South. That's our word for the day, Keith. <laughs> humidity. 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 <laughs> All right. I don't know if you want me to say it or not. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you gotta echo me, man. Yeah, that's right. 
All right, so what you got to say about 1902? All right, so uh, Willis Carrier, right? Exactly. He invented a system that used water through coals and a fan for humidity control in a certain type of plant that he worked in. Yeah, he what worked was that in plant? some kind of lithography and publishing. So yeah. I don't know if they, it was paperwork or film. I read a couple of different things, so I'm not positive on that. But they were concerned that the humidity would be damaging their lithographs or their whatever they were publishing. So they just wanted the, they just wanted it to be a reduced interior humidity. Right. And then it happened to have the extra incredible, awesome benefit side of side effect of yeah. reducing the temperature. Yeah. Kind of this certain drug's been done like that, right? They create it for one reason and have the awesome And find side out effect. that it works. Right. Yeah, oh, for something. Man, it does this too. Right, exactly. So, anyway, about the same time, the Nevo also came out. Did you hear about it? No, I don't know about that, Keith. Tell Nevo, me about it. That is oven spelled backwards. Okay. <laughs> so it's like an oven that puts out air, cool air, instead of heat. So no, I didn't find anything. I didn't see that. Basically, cool. it's the same principle as what Garfield had running um, the fan over the cold sheets. You put oh, okay. It was like a huge ice box. You put a 200-pound block of ice in a freezer box, and then you have the fan that blows over it. Okay. And so, you know... That would work somewhat, I would think. Right. It's not an air conditioning. No. I mean, because have you ever tried that, like what they call like a redneck air conditioning? Yeah, I've seen them put ice yeah. inside like the bucket or inside like the styrofoam cooler. Yeah, and then put a, a fan, fan on top yeah. of it. It just, it's really not that good. <laughs> it yeah, don't work no. that way. If it's really hot, it don't work that good. Right, then. exactly. Come down to the south, you're still, figure it out. You're cooling that off, but ultimately, if true AC reduces humidity. Right. So there's, there's more to the principle of air conditioning. So why don't you talk cooler. about that a little bit, John? All right, so let's talk about the technical stuff, Keith. All right. Because that's my expertise is the technical end of things. Your overnight expertise. The overnight expertise. <laughs> hey, actually, it wasn't overnight, Keith. <laughs> I got that. Again, afternoon we're still expertise. reliable. Afternoon expertise. <laughs> All right, so you basically, you've really got four parts. One of them you don't hear too much about. So I'm going to name the three big parts, Keith. Can you name the three parts without looking? Um, of an air conditioner? Yeah. The main three parts. There's really four. We'll hit the fourth. A compressor. Compressor. A fan. A fan. Okay. Kinda. Oh. All right. Keep, no, I'm a fan's already a part wrong. Of. All right. So. A condenser. The, yeah. There you go. And the important part that's on the inside. So what I didn't know until we uh -huh. started looking into getting our AC fixed is the idea that, hey, there's this stuff on the inside and then there's this stuff on the outside. Right. Like I had no idea about that. Yeah. So before I get too deeper, Keith, I knew I had that. So I don't know hardly anything about it. So you're gonna tell it's me? It's real. But, it's pretty. But simple. I knew I had an inside part, and it did something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's do this, Keith. Um, there is a common household item appliance that is a very close cousin to the air conditioning, Keith. What is that? Do you have any idea what that would be? refrigerator the refrigerator yeah it works on the same basic principle Keith. so what happens is you have an evaporator a compressor a condenser and an expansion device ah. we're not going to say much about the expansion that's four device parts. you said three well we got three main parts okay. and a fourth part that's still there the expansion device is the most behind the scenes unlovely part of it it's not a star of the show Keith. okay <laughs> so in this unit basically you've got this system and it has something called a refrigerant right so basically that is a hydrofluorocarbon. It's a compound. Hydrofluorocarbon. Like, that should be the word of the day. 
hydrofluorocarbon. Hydrofluorocarbon. Exactly. So we're not using those. We've transitioned because that's one of the primary things that's been kind of pegged as destroying the ozone. So that's why we don't use the big refrigerant that everybody's probably heard of would be something called so we Freon. So we should have said it more evil then. Hydrofluorocarbon. So, anyway. So it's bad for it's bad for uh, the ozone layer. It's going to rip holes it's in It's bad. It. It's ripping holes in the ozone. So they are transitioning to newer coolants and refrigerants. So the big I'm one, everybody. I'm a hydrofluorocarbon denier. Do what? I'm a hydrofluorocarbon <laughs> denier. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, flat earther, settle down. <laughs> so anyway, here's the deal: the big one everybody knows is Freon. Ah, uh, yeah. You I put that. that. You used to put that in your car. Yeah. All right. So that's the you kind still, of. You're not supposed to anymore. Well, no, cars yeah. have transitioned to newer coolants for sure. Oh, okay. It's not used anymore. Some older so people still say that, though, right? Yeah, that's uh, what they call it. Okay. That's basically like calling any kind of tissue Kleenex oh, or well, any type you. of okay. pop, Coke, Coke, or whatever it is. All right. So calling the South. Exactly, gotcha. in the south. So basically, the lifeblood of that system is the refrigerant. Okay. Yeah. And what do. that refrigerant is 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 a compound that can we're getting we're going to get geeky, Keith. Let's get geeky because I'm going to ask questions that can do phase transition very easily. Ah. Uh-huh. And what would phase transition be, Keith? You know, would we it change can, from one to another? What what one? <laughs> <laughs> I Keith, got it right. Keith, you got it right, dude. That's exactly right. Well, more specifically, it will change from a liquid to gas. Oh, okay. Without very high temperature fluctuations. So like matter phases. Matter phases. Okay. All right. So there you go. There's a little conservation of energy for you, right? Yeah. This whole thing is about this closed system that's sucking up heat, releasing heat, cooling down, fans blowing over the coolness, and bam. So here's how it works, basically, the quick version. You've got an evaporator. Okay, so wait, wait, stop. All right. So how'd they come up with this chemical? Where'd they find it? Do you know that? I don't, because that's secondary to the function of the system. Okay, I got you. Didn't know how deep you dove into it. No, I didn't dive into the refrigerant. So if plum diddlers can look that up and let us know. Well, exactly. They knew they needed something that would transition quickly. Yeah. Because this process is happening continually in this closed loop, inside to outside, inside to outside. So in so, a nutshell, though, they found a chemical that works, right? That works. Okay. It transfer it phase transitions yeah. from liquid to gas very quickly. Yeah. All right. At lower temperatures, because ice will transfer. You know, ice will transition water, but yeah. it's it takes a long time for it to freeze, right. and it takes a long time to thaw. This will happen like boom, 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 boom. Okay. All right. So the evaporator inside the house is where the refrigerant comes. Refrigerant comes in, and as this liquid refrigerant comes in. Heat from your house hits it. Okay. Basically, you've got the big intake fan, right? Yeah. It's sucking the warm air out of your house. Right. And it goes, basically, you mentioned coils. So this refrigerant is pumped through coils. Okay. And has big fins and fans, kind of like, think of a radiator on your car. Yeah. There's a lot of surface area. All right. right. So as it blows across here, as this fan comes across, transfers the heat, then I don't know every detail of the whole thing. But it flows through these, the air flows over some chiller pipes, right? Through which the coolant fluid is circulating. So it works kind of just basically like a chiller cabinet in a refrigerator. So it picks up heat, but as it comes in first, it's cool. It blows, and it's blowing the cool air this way, and it picks up the heat as it's blowing across the 
same thing like you said carrier right the pipes with water right. it picks up the heat and so now it trans it transitions to gas oh okay. okay so that makes it transition to gas it makes the heat coming across there that it picks up transitions it from a liquid so the liquid is cool oh and okay. as it blows the cool it's picking up the heat oh and then it transitions back out through your system to the outdoor unit Usually we look at that big outdoor unit outside your house and you call that a air conditioner. Yeah, you think that's the air conditioner. That's half of the air conditioner. That's just the part really that pulls the heat off. Right? That is the actual next two very important parts, the compressor yeah. and the condenser. All right, so what happens is the compressor does just what it says. So this comes back out, right, and now it compresses this coolant back into a really hot high temperature vapor so like a hot temperature vapor. hot high temperature vapor okay all right because it's cooled off some as it's gone through the system in your house although it picks up heat yeah it comes back through the system and if there's any ac people out there and i'm totally destroying this just please, let us know please let us know interview. but this is the basic idea okay like a radiator fluids going through there is cooling boom all right so it comes back out to the compressor Compresses right? it it compresses it as that compression, anytime you compress a gas, you yeah. create heat. Right. All right. So it's got cooler pressure gas coming back out of the house. It makes a high pressure gas, and the condenser then blows your fan that's blowing outside and blows air over that and cools off that gas. Oh. And when it cools off again, now what happens? It starts the process over? It turns back into a liquid. Ah. And then that goes into your house again, and that's so where that's it goes like, through the expansion device. So I understand a little more now because, like, you have to have coolant in your system, and sometimes it gets low. But like, if that, it gets low, there's a leak. That's an issue. Right. It should be a it's closed a loop and should never. Yeah. Leak. So it's it's constantly just reused. It's a closed loop that's just doing that same process. That is. It's awesome. a cool liquid. That seems efficient. It goes through the coil. Yeah. Hot. It, you know, it blows over the coolness. So how is this getting like so stinking cold though? You know what I mean? It's not like just getting a little cool. Like what makes it so cold? Man, that's a good question. <laughs> is it going through those coals? Is that what makes it cold? No, going through the coals is what makes it hot. Oh, okay. It's already cold coming out of the condenser. Oh. When it drops to that liquid. It's just the type of chemical it is. It may have, you know, and it may be such that when it's a liquid, it is this temperature. Yeah. So that's I, don't, I don't know what that is. I think let's just pretend like that degree. That's that's 40 what degrees. it is. And if we're wrong, y'all can exactly. Us. So let's just say it's forty degrees. Wow. That's Who, a, I mean, that's I don't. Cold, I'm not saying it's forty. Liquid. Maybe it it's is. not. It's forty. Maybe it's fifty-seven point five. It's forty. Exactly. Maybe we're not exactly okay. Forty <laughs> degrees. <laughs> you're you're very not quite reliable take on that. But when it comes back across, when it comes out the condenser, then it hits that expansion device. Yeah. And that's the little unseen thing that we don't talk about too much. It just regulates it's how the much. Cousin. Exactly. It regulates. It's kind of like a carburetor or something, is the way I look at it. It regulates how much of the coolant goes back into the system. Oh, okay. This is like a regulation device, how much goes at one time, I guess. I so that's you. what it does, man. The refrigerant removes the heat. And since it changes at such a relatively low temperature, it is a pretty efficient process, right? So it just starts the same thing all over again. The cool goes in, it blows air, it picks up heat. But Keith, you know what else? What? The byproduct of that whole situation is what? 
heat. Heat, yeah. So it's picking up heat. Byproduct of any energy is usually heat loss. Exactly. Right? It's humidity, too. So the air conditioning not only works as a cooling device in your home, but it also works as a dehumidifier. Yeah. And this was interesting, Keith. You know, when we talk about, uh, you hear old sayings in the South, well, it's not really the heat, it's the humidity. Yeah. Well, 90 degrees and 10% relative humidity and 90 degrees and 90% humidity Man, are two completely a, different that's things. That's a big difference. You know why that is, Keith? I did not know why that was until this very day. Because it gets all over you like a tick. Exactly. But how does it do that, Keith? What happens or what can't happen? It feels like you're in a steam room or something, like the moisture is just all over you. Okay. What happens, Keith, at about 45% relative humidity is the best, is kind of a good spot. You get out and you work and it's 45% humidity. You know what you do? You sweat. Sweat. And then that little bit of oh, air. It has then to what do happens with the, to the sweat? The, that chemical principle that, like, where it's pulled to what's higher, right? It's the same principle here. It evaporates. Yeah. And if the sweat we evaporates, we, we studied that in chemistry. It's like uh, you take, you can take and do experiments with this, like where you have like one container that has a bunch of salt in it, and one uh-huh. container has a little, and you'll see that the molecules will go to where there's more salt. You know what I mean? Right. So it's kind of the same principle, right? It's like you're. It's going to go to where there's more. Exactly. So as long as it's that relative humidity, there's, that's there's low, probably some kind of chemistry term for it that I don't know. But. Evaporation. Oh, okay. But I mean, what I'm talking about though. We'll say that again because I was too Never busy mind. paying attention. Just All right. it. I'll listen to it on the podcast. Just How about that. I, we, you, you know, we need to it. listen to our own podcast. So, but if you get above that 45 percent, especially when you get up to 100, guess mm-hmm. what? Doesn't happen. Your sweat doesn't evaporate. Gosh, and I've seen it this year up to like close to 100% humidity. Man, like when upper 90, like 97, dude, 98% humidity. I think it was in 2008, 2009. We had a streak of like 27 days over 100 degrees, and the relative humidity was close to 100. When you hit 100 degrees and 100% humidity, it is stifling, man. It is it's awful. so hot. People. I know people like in Phoenix, Arizona, they're like, well, we hit 120 degrees here. Y'all, y'all don't have rel- no idea. It's with like, a relative okay, humidity of 5%. A 5%, or something. right. Like, yeah. just, just come over here. You'll you'll see what we're talking about. It's terrible. They so just, a, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, they have a term for it called heat index. You know, heat, exactly. They'll say, they'll say it's 100 degrees with a heat index of like 125. Yeah, and that's why they do that because they factor in that humidity. Mm-hmm. So just a quick recap, Keith. Okay. You've got two fans in this process. The cool liquid comes into your home, runs through these coils. The blower that's in your hallway blows hot air across, blows the air, the hotter air from your home across that. You know, the cool air is already blowing out through your ducts. It picks up the heat. It's turned into a gas. It goes back out the other side as a cooler gas, and then the compressor smashes it into a really hot gas. Then another fan blows that heat off, so that gets rid of all the heat that just came out of your house yeah. as it comes. And then... That comp- that condenser then does its thing, releases the heat, <laughs> yeah. and it turns back to a liquid, and it just starts all over again. It's back and forth, man. All right, that's it. That's how AC's work. That's dude. awesome. So you want to continue on with the history for a few more minutes? Okay. Pretty quick, man. We're, we're getting to the end of the deal here. All right, so 1914, air conditioning goes into a home for the first time, but it's in a mansion, Charles Gates. It's huge. It's like oh, it was rich seven, people stuff. Yeah, seven feet high. We hadn't even really got to the rich people stuff. This is like billionaire rich people stuff. Seven feet high, six feet wide, and twenty feet long. Say that again. Seven feet high, six feet wide, and twenty feet long. Ooh, that's a big old unit, kid. Yeah, so, uh, and it was possibly never used because no one ever lived in the house. 
Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. <laughs> that's like a, a private jet type drive you crazy, ain't it? There you go, man. All right, so 1931, though, was the first time that uh, they become available for people. For the peons of the world. Well, not like really us. for the peons, but for the rich. For the rich peons. H.H. Schultz and J.Q. Sherman invented an individual room air conditioner that sits on the window ledge. We know as a... Window unit. There you go. It's so, basically the same thing in a box. You know, you got coils on the fins on the outside that releases, and you got stuff on the inside, and blah, blah, blah. Right. So they were available for purchase a year later, 1932, and enjoyed by the people least likely to work up a sweat. Really rich people That's sitting right. in their house. So they cost somewhere between ten thousand and fifty thousand dollars. Now, John, that, that sounds like that a sounds like money. a lot of money. Well, let's equate, well, let's equate it. it. Let's do the calculations and equate it to today's money. Dude, I bet it's six figures. A hundred and twenty thousand to six hundred thousand dollars. Holy goodness! So yeah, air conditioning was just for rich people. So it wasn't really um, until after um, World War Two. Yeah, down on the 50s and 60s when it became more of a mass market kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So let me like back up just a little. 1922 is when the compressor was added and it became the centrifuge chiller. 1925, it, the centrifuge chiller is basically was the early name for air conditioner. The centrifuge chiller. I like that name better. Don't centrifuge. Centri- the centrifuge chiller. But anyway. That's pretty fancy. 1925, air it debuted in the Rivia... Is it Rivola, Riv, Rivoli, Rivoli Theater? Sure, we'll say that. In Times Square, New York, yeah, can let us know. Rivoli. And uh, it gave rise to the summer blockbuster. So we think. Oh, that, yeah, that's one of the yeah. second things that had air conditioning. It said public buildings were like movie theaters, movie houses. Yeah. So we think of summer blockbusters as like, hey, it's summertime, kids are out of school, let's go see a movie. But really, the, the summer blockbuster was because of air conditioning. They're like, dude, it's burning hot. Let's we go gotta, to the movie yeah, theater and get some air conditioning. Cool, yeah. Or, I'm sorry, we could get some get some air off that centrifuge chiller, Keith. So even though it was only available for the rich until after World War One, people could go to like theaters and enjoy right. it. Right. You know? That's cool. Uh, after war, I mean World War Two. I'm sorry. After World War Two, um, and there was a post-economic World War Two boom. Right. Oh yeah, the baby so, boomers, man. Oh, that was the kids of that generation. Well, yeah, well, there was a boom in uh, people, but there's also an economic boom as well. Well, that's where this house came from. I'm living in a house that was built in that boom time in the oh, yeah. in the mid '50s. Mm-hmm, and do you right. know this unit here, this house, the original ductwork and stuff, was really back then only uh, made on this house for central heat. Yeah, not just the, not the air. So, which oh. has been a little bit of a problem for us. But yeah. Hey, by the way, can I add something totally that has nothing to do with anything? Sure. If you cool the box down that you live in called a home. And you've got no insulation in your attic. <laughs> yeah. All of it goes out the windows and through the roof. But we had a dude named Stephen come in today and blew us a house and attic full of insulation. Stephen Brown, Flum Diddler of the Week. All right, so brother. If you need some insulation in the Gadsden area, call Stephen Brown. All right. So, um, 50s, though, post World War II economic boom. So, with that economic boom, people got more money. They got right? it. Right. They got money. There was money. Also, was air conditioners been out a little bit longer, so they started to get a little cheaper. Oh yeah, everything does. So air conditioning actually came became a way to keep up with the Joneses. So this oh. was like, oh, I got to get me an air conditioner. Oh, my neighbors Bob and air Sally Smith have air conditioning. So one million units were were sold in 1953 alone. All right. And so then in the 70s, the window units uh, lose out to the uh, central units. Central units. That's when they come along. And uh, 
And then you've mentioned some of the other things. The 90s, the Freon was linked to ozone depletion. Correct. Yeah, right. I'm just kidding. And then 2003, um, that's irrelevant. I'm not going to say that one. All right, so I'll just edit that out. (laughs) Yeah, just do that. (laughs) All right. All right, man. All right. Hey, one little anecdote. So, in my estimation, some of the great American writers of all time are Southern writers. Yeah. Fiction writers, we think of like William Faulkner, Robert Penn Warren, Eudora Welty, Flannery O'Connor. There's even been some... They also uh, had awesome names. Exactly, right? Flannery. Flannery O'Connor. Why did I hear that before I named my boy? I know. Well, that was actually a woman, by the way. Oh, never mind. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> an awesome writer very good stuff if you haven't read any of Flannery O'Connor we'll go get some of her stories and read them but anyway interestingly enough that there was such a fire and a passion and intensity to that literature yeah there's actually been some cultural works written about the um, rise of air conditioning and comfort and how that affected the culture and uh, it was kind of this idea that southern literature took a dive bomb in terms of its passion and greatness yeah. When the AC came along, because everybody just got all cooled down and comfortable instead of hot and passionate and They're sweaty. Not passionate anymore. And they have right. mind numbing TV, too, to watch instead oh, gosh. of and that sitting down and be creative. Exactly, man. Exactly. All right, man. I'm so glad for my AC, though. Me so too. I'm glad I'm comfortable. Ode to the AC. All right, man. I'm right. John. And I'm Keith. And y'all know where to get a hold of us at doflumadiddle.gmail. Did I say dot? Yeah, you did. Doflumadiddle at gmail.com. And do you flumadiddle on Facebook? Or yeah, that too. So all that, figure it out. You can find us. Find us on your favorite podcast app and follow or subscribe. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Peace out.